Hey guys, it's Jackson, and welcome back to another episode of Reality Talk with Jackson. And today, my special guest is Robin Andrade from Ladies Who List Atlanta on OWN. Um, so I actually had Robin on my podcast back in January with her fellow Ladies Who List Atlanta cast members when the show was first premiering. Um, but I decided to bring Robin back and discuss the season as a whole with her and get her opinion and her hot takes on everything. Um, if you're not familiar with Ladies Who Was Selena and you didn't listen to my previous interview with them back in January, I will have the link in the episode description so you can check that out. But uh, here's a little bit of info on Robin and the show Ladies Who Was Selena. So the show follows six professional black women in business, including top producing brokers, high profile attorneys, and luxury agents that manage their ever-changing work and personal relationships while serving clients in the Atlanta real estate market. Um, and it, even though it is a real estate show, it had a heavy um, focus on the drama between the ladies and this um, very powerful group of women. Um, and I, I don't know if the ladies <laughs> really liked that part because it, there was a lot of drama involved, um, I think, compared to what they originally had thought would be involved with this project. But um, that's kind of how it turned out. Um, but Robin is a, an amazing woman. She's very intelligent. She's really an amazing real estate broker. And her business is also amazing. Um, if you're interested in real estate at all, I would suggest talking to her. Um, she knows a lot and she, you know, has a lot of experience in this field. So, um, definitely check out her and I will have her information in the episode description so you guys can check her out and follow her on social media. But today, Robin and I are specifically discussing how Ladies Who Listed Lena, um, came about, um, and her takes on all of the drama from the season, um, and trust me, there's a lot that she was involved in this season. So anyway, without further ado, here is my interview with Robin Andrade from Ladies Who Listed Lena on OWN. I hope you guys enjoy it. Yes. Well, okay. So... Um, I got to interview you with the other ladies before, but now I'm excited to kind of get to know you more personally and kind of get to hear from you individually instead of like having to talk to everyone at once. Um, I think that was before the show even aired um, and you guys hadn't got to see any of it yet. So um, I know obviously a lot has changed since then and you got to see the whole season and all of that. <laughs> no, yeah, sure have. <laughs> Right, right. Well, okay. So I want to start at the very beginning. So I'm curious. So how did um, this show come about for you and why did you decide to do it? Um, it was pitched to me as a positive, inspirational, black girls kind of killing the real estate game in Atlanta. And when I was approached, I was probably at the point in my career where things were finally paying off, you know, like I could finally see the light. Um, and then the project got stalled for a couple of years because oh. I guess, and this is just um, 
hearsay, but no one really wanted the show at the time. And then in 2020, we had some civil unrest and black people became popular for a moment and uh, folks unzipped their hearts and allowed us in. And so we got the call that the OWN network wanted to pick it up and here we are. So that was in November of 2018 when we were approached. So time had passed. It could have even been 17, right? sorry, November 17. Yeah. Uh Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you know about, and it was a while ago now, did you know about, it was a real estate show and Carlos King did it on um, Weed TV. I can't remember what year. It was like 2015, maybe. Yeah, selling it in the ATL. Uh-huh. Those people weren't really selling anything then, though. Yeah, I wish um, he would have approached us um, for, right. for this idea because I feel like it would have maybe gone in a different direction. Right. I so I really do. I know he's big with the OWN Network. And, um, yeah, I, I really do wish he... Um, approached you um and did this show because yeah i think it would have been different maybe uh yeah i just think it, he would have done really i like how he does things and he's able to tell people's stories in such a different way and i've heard good things about people that work with him so yes but um but your show was so good so don't get me wrong now okay so since you thought it was going to be positive and a lot different than i think what it turned out to be even though they said it was going to be positive were you hesitant at all to kind of like you know put yourself out there on reality tv because then people can really dissect and um really pull apart your life and they can edit you any way they want and that sort of thing was i hesitant uh no i was actually excited about it i didn't okay. understand the world of reality <laughs> at all um right. i just was excited about being able to share my journey where where I started with real estate and where I was today and, uh, you know, talk about things like the technology that a lot of these agents have access to today we didn't have when I got started. And um, so, yeah, I was, I was expecting to be able to fill the minds and, and be a motivator and also talk about some of the disturbing topics in real estate such as how black people weren't able to buy and who was responsible for that. So those are the issues that I thought I was going to be able to tap into. So I was excited. Um, How long, like when did you kind of realize that the show wasn't going to go in that sort of direction or did you really not know until it really aired? Well, no, um, in October I uh, had this, premonition that things weren't going right only because of what they were asking us to do. Like, oh, can you meet Crystal in the park and talk about this, this, and that? Or can you go to Crystal's office and film a scene? And I was like, why? Like, I was just there with a closing. Like, I I didn't understand it until Mm -hmm. around about October. I believe we started filming early September. And there was seven of us. So we didn't know what the other person was filming. But I know for me, they wanted me and Crystal to go back and forth a lot. And I, that's when I said, this isn't for me. I called it quits before. <laughs> I called it quits in October. 
because I felt it going in the wrong direction. I didn't know what the other ladies were filming. I only knew that me and Crystal were filming a lot of scenes that were testing our friendship. Right. And then how have you known Crystal? Um, so I started closing deals with Crystal in 2016. I met her okay. through a mutual friend who turned out to be her boyfriend. Um, he liked her. He recommended. I was his good friend. He liked her. He was like, hey, you should close with her. And so it was just that. It was just closings, you know. Um, I had not yet uh, found a closing attorney that I was going to give all my business to. And when I met up with her, the treatment was really nice at her office, you know, it was something different and fancy and she had all these plans to expand. So closing with her all the time became a thing for me. I was very comfortable at her place of business and I, and I enjoyed the treatment and the clients did too. So it was a bit of a treat to be able to close with her. So that's how we got started. And then that morphed into a friendship outside of work. Yes, yes. And you guys seemed, yeah, really close. I feel like uh-huh. we were, and a lot of people didn't understand our friendship, but they were seeing things about Crystal for the first time that I was seeing for the first time, too. So right. that side of Crystal, I didn't see, you know, when we when cameras were off and we were just, you know, she was being a lawyer and I was being a real estate agent, you know. Right. I didn't see that side of her. I didn't know that she had whatever that was that she conveyed when the cameras started rolling um I blindsided it was uncomfortable it was embarrassing it was not what I had signed up for right right um then okay which of the other ladies did you kind of know about or what was your relationship with them um prior to doing this show so tiana and tiffany i only knew them from seeing their cute faces on instagram um tiana i met at some point during a real estate transaction and then didn't really get to know her more until we started filming um, but Tiana and Tiffany, I joke with them all the time. They live on the other side of Georgia. So, you know, it wasn't like I would have bumped into them randomly at any point. You know, they do business on the north side of Georgia and I do it in town. So um, I did have a relationship with Kiana. I was her real estate agent at one point and she would tap into my brain when she got started in the business. Um, so Crystal and Kiana are really the only two that I could say that I had their number logged in my phone, you know, spent time, whether it was transactional or personal, but more personal with Crystal, more transactional with Kiana. It was open and available to when she was starting her career, she would tap in and ask questions and, you know, figure her way out. Um, I didn't really know Kira. Follow and an unfollow, an explosive unfollow, apparently. Kira ended up, um, if you go on, if you go on Instagram, there is a section where, you know, it says least interacted with. 
And from time to time, I just unfollow everybody in that category. I don't even look to see who they are. But apparently I unfollowed her on the same day that Crystal unfollowed her, but she never showed any proof of that. So um, that might have just been a coincidence as well, um, that she was just the least interacted with, with both of us, but it certainly wasn't a reason to bring to TV. <laughs> no, I understand. Yeah, uh, you had no ill intent to, like, unfollow yeah. her. It's not like you didn't like her. No, didn't even really know her, and I, I'm not really a girl's girl anyway, so, I mean, <laughs> it's not like when I did look back at it after it was brought to my attention that it was a huge social violation, we had only interacted once in 2019 and I congratulated her on a closing because she was in my feed and I complimented her um, on something that she wore, you know, just oh, okay. doing what you're supposed yeah. to do on social media. Be nice. Right. So I, I did right. that once, but it wasn't reciprocated. Um, and then she ended up on that list. So it wasn't anything intentional. I don't set out to create relationships to destroy them. I'm pretty much a, like kind of a loner. So if I do allow you in, it's because you're important to me and um, superficial relationships and, and me just, we just don't vibe like we never did. Right. No, I understand. Um, now. Okay. So uh, early on in the season or the run of the show, um, did you know that, a few of the ladies um, had issues with you before you got together and had that like sit down meeting where you were going to pitch your idea about this, you know, massive brokerage that you were trying to, this idea that you had, did you realize that they were going to have issues with you and confront you and that this is going to be a whole big thing? Had no idea. Totally blindsided. Totally blind. Mm -hmm. I didn't even want to share my idea that day. That morning in the shower before filming, I found myself rehearsing what I was going to say. And that is so not my normal schema. <laughs> like normally right. whatever I have to say just kind of rolls off when it's time. And uh, I called the producers and I was like, I don't want to share this idea. It's too premature. It's not well thought out. I'm not going to do it. And they were like, well, we understand, but, you know, it'd really be a nice topic. And because I didn't know that the Kiana and Kira were already coming with a no. They were already mm. coming with a no attitude to the dinner. I didn't know that, though. And I, when, I, when I watched it, I certainly wish that Crystal would have not have been so cowardly and stepped up and said something to me, like, give me a heads up. Because had I been prepared for it, it would have been handled much differently. Like, it was just so emotional. My feelings were hurt. I was blindsided. Um, the old Robin came out. Like, it just a whole lot of things to be criticized and critiqued about on that first episode. It just threw me over the edge. Right. No, that makes sense. I'm curious, and you don't have to fully say if you don't want to, but was the idea for this, this this idea that you had, was this more of like your real idea and you really wanted these ladies to be a part of it or was it more like part of the show and this was kind of like a way to kind of bring everyone no, together in a way? It was a real idea that I had. I just thought, okay. here we are, we're making all this money individually. How would it look if we started to become more community with this money? 
How would mm-hmm. it look if we started donating a percentage of our brokerage monthly income to schools that are suffering? You know, I, I don't know that any of us is originally from Atlanta except Tiana, but I think, I don't even think it's Atlanta. I think it's the north side of the city. But um, mm-hmm. none of us being from here um, and me having a child that had been through the school system, um, I just thought they need money. They mm-hmm. need money on the southwest side. Let's be the ones that do that. Um, but it wasn't like I wanted them to work for my brokerage. It was just collectively brokerages would get together and um, and honor, you know, and fund. That's what we would do. We wouldn't work for each other. We all had mm-hmm. our own individual brokerages that we worked for or ran. It was just mm-hmm. something that we would collectively do together. Oh, okay. Okay. A school needs a van. We bought it. If if they needed a bus, we bought it. You know, things like that. They needed supplies. You know, our we would choose which school we were going to donate it to, and of course, we would not have been donating to schools in Buckhead because they don't need it. But the the counties, you know, south of the city aren't generating tax revenue because there's a lot of rentals, not a lot of homeowners paying their taxes, et cetera. So the schools get cheated. Right. So that was where my idea came from. And it's always been my idea, but it was never, a lot of people misunderstood it. It, I didn't want any of them to work for me. So my presence at that dinner wasn't really like required. I guess, because she was just an agent. Tiana was a broker. Tiana worked for a large brokerage that she could have maybe massaged them into agreeing to get down with us. Um, and then the two lawyers, you know, but um, didn't have a relationship with Kira, nor was I trying to get her to, to work for my brokerage at all. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Right. No, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. I guess from the outside perspective and maybe they just didn't do a good enough job of like explaining it. Yeah. They didn't do a good, they didn't do a good enough job in a lot of different areas, such as showing our clothings, you know, they're not always filled with champagne and happiness. Sometimes they go wrong. And I thought that the viewers were going to get a real sense of real stuff. We went, through in a transaction, not just the pretty stuff, because it's not all pretty. Right. Um, now, were the the producers of the show, did they have any kind of like real estate experience or were they just coming in more with the reality perspective? No, the producers of the show did not have any real estate experience. I wish they did. They would have seen it through a better lens, but they did not. It was pure reality. I believe our producer uh, did Love and Hip Hop and some other shows, but not this business show, no. Right. Okay. I did not. Now, so Kiana kind of talks about on this show this whole issue that she has with you regarding her contracts and this $500 and all of that, that there was a confusion oh. on. What ha- what What happened with that and what, um, from your side, what, like, 
what happened? Was there just a miscommunication? And why was that like a big thing on the show? Um, I'm not sure why it, it turned into a big thing on the show. To me, it was just another gang up on Robin situation. Mm-hmm. Kiana called me at night. Uh, it was during COVID, I believe, but it definitely was dark outside and she was in a hurry and it was a Sunday. Mm-hmm. I believe it was a Sunday or weekend. And she said, I need you to move. I don't know if it was 22 or 13 or whatever the transaction number was. And she said, I need to move these, you know, to your brokerage, like immediately. And I was like, wow, like, that's a lot. I didn't ask a whole lot of questions. Um, I told her, okay, that I would do it. And just before we hung up, I said, Kiana, I'll do this for $500 because like, it's a lot of work. And she said, okay, bet, call you in the morning. And that call never came. No phone, mm, okay. no, clar- no clarification call, no nothing. In her mind, she calculated the amount of her transactions and she multiplied them by 500. And I told her, I'm a straight shooter, Kiana. Like, I would have told you 25000 and not 500 I wouldn't have made you do the math. Mm-hmm. I said $500 because I thought that was a fair amount of money for my time that I was going to invest. It was actually very much too low because I would have been responsible to move all of our transactions into my brokerage name and be responsible for them all the way through until they closed. And there was no way that all those transactions were all closing on the same day. She tried Mm -hmm. to minimize the amount of work that was entailed with moving the transaction over and taking responsibility. But for $500, that's what I asked her for, not 500 times whatever. So she came up with this big round number and said that it was just a misunderstanding. And I'm like, hold on. That was not a misunderstanding. Crystal had a beautiful birthday party in August, a month before we started filming. She had it at um, the Four Seasons Hotel, and it was invite only. It was a sit-down dinner. Kiana was there, and so was I. We had very much a lot of hours there together to discuss anything that she was remotely upset with me about. And she chose not to speak to me damn near at all at that party. Because Mm -hmm. producers had probably already had a conversation with her, you know, about how they wanted her to be portrayed with me. So she didn't speak at all. If she had a problem, there was much, much, much time to do that, to talk to me about it. Um, and when she did ask me to move those files, I was going through my own personal stuff. So I wasn't even excited about it. Um, I was very, there was not much emotion. It was like, okay, $500 is very transactional, a very short conversation on the phone about it. I didn't even ask her, why are you sneaking around with these files on a Sunday night? That's the real question, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. she also lied and said she wanted to start her business. You don't want to start your business on a Sunday rushing. That's not how you operate. There's something else to this story. But Mm -hmm. that wasn't my business, and I didn't care at the time. 
I just said $500. So she exaggerated that. She definitely mm. exaggerated that. And when they had us meet to talk about it, they didn't go as deep as they should have with it. You know, they kind of still left the viewers deciding who was lying. But Kiana, <laughs> I don't aspire to be her. I don't aspire to have anything she has. Very happy with my life. <laughs> Um, and I thought I was helping somebody out when in actuality it, it ended up coming back to shoot me in the face. Yeah. Um, okay. Kind of going into a little bit different direction, but I know a lot of viewers were confused by this part. Um, okay. So Crystal on the show, you guys talked a lot or she talked a lot about the like polyamorous relationship, this poly party that she was, um, inviting you to, and it, and I know I saw on social media people were just like confused on what this had to do with like real estate and what this was like, why this was on the show and stuff. What was your opinion on that? Um, like, were you uncomfortable with it at all? Were you confused? Like, what was it for you? Crystal didn't really have a storyline. So the poly thing got thrown in there because one of her friends is into it, but she talked about this poly party. And then when we got there, she acted like she was too good for it. It was her mm. idea. I wasn't even speaking to her. We were not on speaking terms. It was cold. It was rainy that day. I told the producers I wasn't going. I was not shooting another scene with Crystal because I was starting to get angry that they were not filming enough real estate closings or mm. enough like real estate deals. I did a transaction in the Healy building for a flight attendant who was an older man over 50 and he had been bounced around through other realtors who were trying to get him to spend his entire approval. And I found him something that was well under what he wanted to spend and could lead to future income. Should he sell it after living in it? And that story, they didn't even cover enough of. And there was a point to get across in that story. And it was, again, leading back to, you know, the times when black men couldn't even get mortgages. You know, they just couldn't get them. So here I am putting him in this building where he paid under 200K, but in a few years, he'll be able to sell it. Actually, now he could sell it for more than what he paid for it and make a profit and move on to a bigger space. You know, it's a stepping stone condo building and it's perfect for flight attendants because it has access to the airport via MARTA. Like they didn't use downtown Atlanta the way I use it. When I, when I show real estate down there, it's mostly to young people on the come up. You know, they didn't interview past buyers that bought and sold and made $100,000 profit by only owning it for two years. Like, they didn't dive deep into any of that stuff. So, um, yeah, the show just didn't go in the right direction. Were you com Were you uncomfortable with it at all? Like, having to, like, talk about it? Because, like, it like, was talked about, I feel like, for, like, most of the season – and then they had you at the end, like, involved, and obviously you said you didn't want to be there. But it's just, like, it was just an odd, like, placement. It was just very weird to me. It was very weird, but um, they, they didn't have a whole lot for Crystal. I mean, if I wasn't there, 
she wouldn't have had a storyline. She would have had mm. no one to fight with. She would have had no one to set up at a dinner. She would have had no one to go with her to the poly party. I was not uncomfortable about it because I feel like I'm very mature when it comes to sex. Um, so it didn't bother me. And I totally played the role while I was there. Like I yeah. put it on for the cameras because she wasn't. She wasn't at all. She was acting real high sedity, like I don't drink from red cups, but you brought us here. Mm, okay. Yes, I yes, I know what you're talking about. Okay. That makes sense. Um, and then okay, so you guys did do a reunion at the very end finally, um, to kind of wrap things up. But obviously Kiana did not um she was not happy with the show either. So what was your reaction when she um basically like she quit and she didn't uh decided not to do the reunion? I thought that that was cowardly of her. She had already filmed. Episodes had already aired. Whether or not she thought she was shown in a in a positive light was her own fault. Because had she not brought the fight to the episode one, the producers wouldn't have had anything to chew on. They would have had mm. to show all of her other positive things that she was doing. But because she fed them a little bit of drama, it exploded and backfired and it became season one. Mm. And she won't take responsibility for that. But if you watch episode one in the beginning, she's the first one that says, I have something to talk to you about. And I'm like, what? Like what? About what? And they cut that episode up so badly, like there was conversation in the middle. There was me apologizing, letting her know I wasn't in a good headspace. And, you know, um, I didn't, meaning I didn't call her back the next morning to talk about anything. <clears throat> I didn't call her back. She didn't call me. It just kind of died right there. But I never charged her $13,000. Those words never came out of my mouth. My tongue never formed those sounds. I said 500 and I'm sticking to that and I'm standing on it because I don't have any reason to lie to her. She doesn't, I don't owe her anything. She doesn't owe me anything, you know. Every time you filmed with Kiana, there was a wait. She'd always show up late. It was so inconsiderate. It was getting annoying after a while because everybody has to wait, you know. I don't know why she quit the show. You have to ask her. My theory is she didn't see herself in a positive light. She blamed the network when in reality, she's the one that brought the drama. She talks about mm. how articulate she is and how smart she is and how many businesses she runs. You mean to tell me that you didn't know that you were about to be bamboozled when the producers asked you about negative things about me? Like, you didn't stop it and say, no, I'm not going to do that. You ate it up. She ate it up. And then it was the Robin show for episode one, two, three, four, five. And then they brought her back. Six, seven, and eight. And they, I guess they tried to show her and Crystal in a positive light. Mm, okay. But, like, I'm not going out anywhere and start in trouble. But if it comes my way, I mean, I try to diffuse it first. But at that point with Kiana, just jumping into the conversation, if you watch the episode again, um, 
I was like, not again. Like, you tried me in episode one. Now you want to do it again? Like, I don't know if the network wanted blows. Like, I don't know what they wanted, but they focused on the wrong stuff. They really did. Mm-hmm. Right. Had they geared us up for something way more positive, you know, there might be a school getting a school bus today or, or something, you know? But they just divided us. Like, I don't speak to any of them today. When I say any of them, I mean Crystal, Kira, and Kiana. That's what I mean. Oh. Like, they're blocked. So it's all love with Tiffany and Tiana. I have no issues with them whatsoever. When you lose friends, um, it takes time to recover. And at first, you're angry. Then you're sad. Then you're back angry again. And then you start trying to piece everything together like how did this happen how did I not see this how did I mm-hmm. not detect that Crystal is just a gatherer of friends and she doesn't really have any true interest in you as an individual Crystal comes from a place where I think nobody liked her and that's why she was washing garbage cans at six years old most kids are playing with other kids in Seattle <laughs> but not her So I think her lack Mm -hmm. of friendship was an experience when she was young. So as an adult, she has to go over the top and collect every friend she can and be at every event, but doesn't, don't, doesn't hold anybody in any high regard, you know, because she talks mess about Kiana, mess. And her other friends too. And I, I just never thought she was talking about me bad because I never really gave her anything bad. I was more of her therapist. I listened to all her issues that she had with men, you know. Mm. I didn't really have anything serious on me because I I am not in the streets like that. Right. But anyway, um, Lady Phyllis Atlanta was an experience. And um, I don't regret it. I know that I inspired a lot of women who have been suffering with issues um, that relate to mental health and not feeling good about themselves or fighting your whole life to get somewhere. And you still got people trying to kick you in the face, you know. Um, If they give us a season two, I would do it. But. I want it to be more of the struggle of this business because that's my experience. Everything is not champagne and balloons over here. You know, like I right. feel it's yes, but there are some people that just act like every day is a rainbow of Skittles for them. And I just don't feel like that's real life. Don't right. Yeah. Um, have you had any fans or people reach out to you on social media saying that because of the show or because of seeing you that they're interested in yeah. doing real estate. Awesome. Yeah. Yes. Tons, tons and tons and tons. People relate themselves to me. People comment on the bravery and the realness and they respect the, the genuineness that came out and what they say, well, at first I just thought you were like a little punk bitch. Um, and then I liked you later, like, you know, and then I got a few, um, people that were sent for me, you know, but 
it is what it is. I don't really care about what people say or think about me. I am who I am. My story is my story, and and I'm doing the best I can. Right, right. Yes. Um, well, what um, what advice would you have for someone that is interested in getting into real estate? Um, you know, people on Instagram see the end result when they look at us. They mm-hmm. don't see what it took to get here, you know, um, the fancy cars, the big closings, the million dollar listings, et cetera. Um, I would tell people to don't think that that's how your story is going to end. They tell you in school, only 50% of the people in this class are going to pass this class. And out of the 50% Mm. that do pass this class, only 50% of you are going to pass that state exam. Right? So what are we at? 25% now? And Mm -hmm. out of those that pass that state exam, only half of you are going to survive more than two years in this career. Most people burn out in the first two years. Right. I would say remain humble and do everything you can to learn about your surroundings because people appreciate authentic knowledge, not some data that you pulled off of a news story that you read. You know, people appreciate when I'm walking down the street in downtown and I can say, well, this building was built by this guy and this is who lives here. This is, you know, why this building is so popular. Um, There's X amount of apartments in here. Get on the board. The board has too many old people. Make some changes. I've put put many um, clients as presidents of boards or secretaries, but they're running these buildings now. And I see them every time I go there because they're still selling them, you know. So it's good to see. I don't brag about those kinds of things. But um, that knowledge and that connection has to be real and it has to be genuine. And once it is, you will survive forever in this in this arena. But if you are just chasing your money, prepare for a fast come up and a hard fall. Because right. you are dealing with people's most most expensive purchase of their life. They are going to spend the most money that they will ever spend in life and then spend it with you. And once they buy it once from you, they're calling you to sell and they become a lifetime thing. You know, and a lot of people are able to make those connections with their clients. So I feel like I have that bonus, that plus, and new agents need to learn that. It's about the relationship. Not your Instagram picture. Um, and then lastly, um, do you have anything going on in your life now after the first season, like any um, with your business or any new projects or anything like that that you have going on? So um, I opened up to having agents. I had four. One of them um is a guy and the other three are women and I'm preparing now to take on more agents and become more of the producer like I want to make these kids good mm, okay and I still want to be able to grow Shell Atlanta 
um, because this is what I'm going to be doing for life. So, yeah, building the brokerage, and I was offered a CBD line, but it is contingent upon more TV time. So we've created the packaging already. We started that in April, and we just wrapped up. We had a test run of the product line with family members that they delivered boxes to. Um, Now we're just kind of sitting back waiting to see what the network is going to do. Um, right. Because they want exposure and I want to sell the product and it's going to directly be attached to mental health disorders, anxiety, ADHD, depression, um, the CBD formulas are going to be created to help with those issues. Oh my God. it's called awesome. R-rated. Is it? I love it. So that's where I am right now. I don't take everybody's interviews. Um, I just want to wait until things start falling into place and happening. Yes. No, I understand. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for listening to my interview with Robin from Ladies Who List Atlanta on OWN. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you want more reality talk, please follow our social media. It's at Reality Talk Podcast on Instagram, or you can tweet with me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at JacksonSeth35, and I will have Robin's information in the episode description so you guys can check her out and follow her on social media. And if you haven't already, check out Ladies Who Listed Lena. You can catch season one on um, Discovery Plus, if you have Discovery Plus or own on demand. Um, and also, if you liked this podcast, please leave a five-star review. It would be greatly appreciated. But thank you guys so, so much for all of the love and support. I love you all, and I'll see you guys next week. Bye.